Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, you have preserved us, you have kept us. Lord, you have caused us to see a healthy day. Father, that this day has found us standing in your house, Lord. We glorify your name. We adore you. We love you. Oh, dear Father, as we have come, we ask, oh God, that you speak to our hearts. And we ask, oh Lord, give us ears that hear. Give us a heart that receives. Give us divine wisdom to understand your word. And give me the tongue of a learned writer. I pray, Lord, that it shall not be of man's wisdom, but may it be the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, with a clap offering, why don't you take your seats? Wonderful. I am so blessed. I can't even. I don't even know how to behave myself, but I'm. I feel very blessed. Wonderful. Well. Oh. You see, he is a man that dresses men, so he approves of mine. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, I want to share with you for a long time. I've changed it now. It's not for a short time. I'm going to share with you. So, you see, sell on my trick you. Yes. Well, I want to share, I want to begin this short series of messages for some few weeks. I want to share with you about time, times, and timing. Hallelujah. Time, times, and timing. Hallelujah. You see, as you add the years to your life, you begin to see the reality of time. Hallelujah. And... Um, Today, I want to share with you about time. Amen. You think it's a good thing to know about time and timing? Hallelujah. I was trying to look for the definition for time. Can somebody look for the definition for time and tell me what is time? If you have a dictionary on your iPad or on your, I want you to share with me. What is time? Time. Time. Anyone? Do we have a definition for time? Who has it? 
you have the definition for time? Not yet. What is it? Says the indefinite continual progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Indefinite. Indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Regarded as a whole. Hallelujah. So it gives us a period. It gives us a period. It can tell us about past. It can tell us about present and it can tell us about future and it's continuous hallelujah amen Amen. so i want to talk for a short time about time times and timing and i believe there are certain things that every christian ought to know or must know about time i'm going to share with you about seven things that every christian must know about time hallelujah about time Time, package or periods of moments that define time. Hallelujah. Number one, number one, the first thing that I believe every Christian must know is that time was created by God. Time was created by God. Time was not an invention by man. Hallelujah. Time was not created by man. Now, the timepiece that you are wearing, yes, was created by man. But even before that piece was created, there was that concept of time. Hallelujah. There was a concept of time. Amen. There was was a period in time where I know of a group of people who could tell time by the sun relative to their shadow. How many of you are aware of that? That they know, for instance, when they are standing under the sun and the shadow is right underneath them, it is what time? It's noon. It's noon. 12 o'clock, around-ish. 12 o'clock. And they know that when 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 the shadow is ahead of them, it is 5 p.m. Is it so? And when the shadow is before them, it is a.m., 6 a.m. Something like that. And as the time is approaching, the shadow comes underneath them. You see. And so people have a concept. There was a need for people to know the times. There was a need for people to know periods. Hallelujah. And so time is not man's creation. Time is not a modern civilization thing. Hallelujah. Time is something that God created. But sometimes you see people behave as if they created time or they create their own time. You see, sometimes our behavior looks like we created time and we have time and we can do certain things within certain times. You see, and we define what we can do in the morning and what we can do in the afternoon and the evening. And we define how long our morning should be, how early our morning should start. And so we think that we can create our own time. But time is a creation of God. Hallelujah. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Do you see? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He says, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, that it was good. God saw the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Do you see? And God called the light day. And darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Hallelujah. Now you see, it says it was only when God created light and separated the darkness from the light. And then he was able to have that concept of evening and day. And then he says, now this is day one. Do you see? So it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, we don't know how long it took God to create the heaven and the earth. Because at that time, he has not created the concept of time. He had not separated the morning from the night. So, there was not morning, then night, then day is gone. So then, because the whole place was darkness. And so, with the spans of time that God created the earth, the heaven and the earth, we don't know. We don't know. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because the concept of time was not yet created. God had not yet created light to even separate the night from the day. Hallelujah. And when he did that, he says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Amen. So the evening and the morning was the first day. That God created. God just had created the evening and the morning. Amen. It says, And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Verse 6. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the, let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made a firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. So you see, now there's now evening and the morning come to pass. And then you call it a second day. So time has begun. And you have started counting. Do you understand the concept that I'm trying to draw your attention to? He says, so he called it the second day. Amen. Amen. God created the night and the, the day. And first day, as days two came to pass, he called it day number one. And then it came again, and the next one, he called it day number two. Hallelujah. Now go to verse 14. 
verse 14. It says, and God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Hallelujah. So you see, now he is moving on and he's creating the concept of season. He created the day and the night. And now he's moving on to create a concept of seasons. And maybe the first three months, he will call what? Is it spring? Let's say it's part of winter. But first, maybe spring. And then what else? Fall, spring to fall or spring to summer. Spring and then summer. And then what? Fall and then what? Winter or Hamatan, depending on where you come from. <laughs> Rainy season or dry season, depends on where you come from. Hallelujah. He, so he created the seasons. And then he created the, he says, and verse 14, he says, and he says, let there be the lights of the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs. You see, let the days and the night, as they come and as they go, as they come and as they go, let them define the seasons. Do you understand? As the night comes and the day comes, the night comes and the days come. So then we have seasons. And as the seasons come and the seasons change, the seasons come and they change, let them become for years. Do you see? Now we have the concept of time. Amen. Amen. He created the seed time and the harvest. Amen. Amen. God created the seed time and the harvest. So, when you understand the concept of time, when you have understanding of time, it must bring you blessings. Why? Because God created them and he said it was good. Can you lower the, um, looks like the, um, I can give it a little base and bring the, um, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he, oh, you spoiled it. I'll put it back if you have any problem with that. So he created the seasons. He created the seasons. And so we know there's a seed time and there's a harvest time. And you must know this. Please. I don't have to scream. So help me with that. You must understand this. God created this for your blessings. He says he created the seasons. And we know that the seed time and the harvest time. You need to understand what is possible in each season. You as a spiritual person. As someone that believes the word of God and believes that now you have understanding that God created the times, God created the seasons, and he said it was good. So you need to have understanding of the seasons and let them be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. 
So you must understand what is possible in the seed time. You must understand the concept of seed time. You must understand the fact that you have seeds in your hand does not necessarily mean that you ought to sow at that time. You must understand that there is a seed time. Hallelujah. You must also understand that there is a harvest time. There is a time for harvest. And you cannot choose, you cannot make time for yourself and expect that during the harvest time is the time that you are going to sow seeds and you ought to reap blessings. Hallelujah. You must, under ta- you must understand the times and the seasons. Amen. You see, I remember recently we declared a whole day prayer meeting. Do you see? We declared a whole day prayer meeting that all men now were sowing. Everyone gathered and we were sowing. Now you cannot choose that. You are going to choose your sowing time for another period. When men have gathered to sow, all men have gathered, there has been a call for sowing and you decide that you are going to sow another time. Not this time. You are not ready for this time. When the time comes when men are harvesting, that is the time that you are going to sow. It's too late. Hallelujah. You cannot harvest in the seeding time, neither can you sow in the harvest time. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. It says, While the earth remaineth, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease while the earth remaineth. If you are living on this earth, then understand that seed time and harvest time will never cease. Cold and heat will never cease. Summer and winter will never cease. And day and night shall never cease. Now when you understand this concept, And when you understand that God created this and he said, they are good. He looked at them and said, they are good. It's supposed to bring you blessing. So when it is cold time, there should be no complaint. It should bring you blessing. If in a cold time you are not able to do certain things, it should not make you complain. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I want everyone to be awake because this is very important. I'm not sharing a message to excite you, but I want you to really understand this message. Amen. It says, seed time and harvest time will not cease. There will always be a concept of seed time. And there will always be a concept of harvest time. And God is not ready to change it because of you. God is not going to change it because of your situation. He says, seed time and harvest time will not cease. Winter and summer will not cease. Cold and heat will not cease. And it's not going to change because you have such special condition. 
He says, as long as the earth remains. Hallelujah. You need to understand them and flow with the time. Amen. I say you need to understand them and flow with the time. Hallelujah. When we are having an all-night prayer meeting or we are having an all-day prayer meeting, it's for the time. It's for that time. It has been declared for that time. You cannot choose to have yours at another time. This is declared for this time. Amen. And you need to be there at that time. And you need to partake in that time. Amen. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And verse number 36. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took, listen to this carefully. He says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And as he was going, the scripture says, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Amen. Now, he took these three people, Three people that he trusted so well. Three people that he felt have seen certain things. Certain things have been revealed to them. These were the three people that he took for the transfiguration. These were the two people that transfiguration was revealed to them. And so they really have the concept of who he is. So not surprisingly, in these trying times, these were the people that he took with him. He took three people that he can really trust. You know, in every church, there are some people that you can really, really trust. Do you see? They are all his disciples, but they have seen certain things that he thinks that he can really call these ones out. Do you see? He says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Now, I believe that he probably wouldn't have let the other disciples see this sorrow, that Jesus himself, the Messiah, has such a sorrowful heart, and is even afraid to go on the cross. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He took these three and he told them, he says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Watch with me. I need you. I need you more than I have ever needed you. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Hallelujah. Now we know that all scripture is given by the inspiration of the spirit. Do you see? And so I believe, I, I, I believe, Lord forgive me if it is wrong, that maybe he went further for such private prayers that he didn't think it was appropriate for their ears until maybe he had died and risen again for the spirit to reveal this to him. So he went a little further. Do you understand what I'm trying to share with you? That he went a little further. That maybe it may have gotten them lose confidence. You know, such prayer, if your leader, your leader, the Messiah, that you think is the king of kings and the lord of lords, is praying a prayer like this. I think it can bring certain, you know. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Sashili, do you understand? He says, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. That he had a will. He had a personal will. That he was praying for. That if if this will is not the father's will, let it not happen. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, what? Could ye not watch with me one hour? The concept of time. Could you not watch with me one hour? Hallelujah. Say, could you not watch with me one hour? He was expecting that he, they could even pray for one hour. Now, he said, he said, could you not watch with me one hour? And then he said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, they did not know the concept of time. They did not understand how important it was to even stay awake by all means. Do whatever it takes. Drink coffee. Do walking. Go around. Jump. Do whatever it takes to pray for at least one hour. If only they knew what was ahead of them. They did not know. Hallelujah. They did not know. So he says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Because he foresaw temptation ahead. And that was the sowing time. The time of the temptation when it comes, you were supposed to harvest and say you can stand because you have prayed at that time. It was not the time for you to pray. That time, if you have not prepared, it is not time. You can pray. You will run away and you will deny him. Because you have not prayed. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So he says, seed time and harvest time will always be there. It will never cease. And day and night will never cease. And so I am hearing in the news that... um. There is a concept or a theory from the NASA, the NASA, that um, there's going to be a total darkness. Have you heard about that? That there's going to be a total darkness for 15 days beginning of November 15th to November 30th, something like that. According to some theory or some findings that the sun is going to emit some 
energy level to heat up hydrogen and there will be total darkness on the earth. For, you have not heard about this. Well, it's good you don't even hear about this. Because to me, it, is, it, doesn't, it's not, it has not conformed to scripture. Do you understand? It has not conformed to scripture. And if that is going to happen, I, 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 can't, I don't know. But um, it says that my Lord is saying that, it says that as long as, unless the earth is not going to be there. But it says as long as the earth remaineth, there will be heat time and cold time. And there will be day and there will be night. And so for you to come and tell me there's going to be total darkness and there will be no day. It's like uh, the doomsaw in heaven. You know, I, I, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot understand it. That is why you need to know your scriptures also. Hallelujah. Go and look for it and then make a comment that this does not conform to scriptures. And quote the scripture in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20 to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two. Number two. Time was meant to be a blessing, not a curse. God's creation of time was meant to be a blessing, not a curse. Hallelujah. Time was meant to be a blessing, not a curse. Day and night are supposed to bless us, not to curse us. Hours, minutes, and seconds are supposed to be a blessing, not a curse. Hallelujah. Just imagine you have one long week of daytime. It will not be easy. One long week of daytime. There's no night. You don't even know when to sleep. Do you see? Even when the season changes a little bit and the time, the, the daylight is longer, you get confused. So can you imagine that? The, so God created the day and night to bring you a blessing. Hallelujah. He says, God did not create anything to bring us a curse. Or in other words, to remove us from his presence. To remove us from his blessings. Do you understand? God did not create anything to take us away from us, his blessings. To remove us from his presence. God wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. He wants us to be in his presence. But for most Christians... The knowledge of time or the understanding of time or the consciousness of time is bringing us a curse. Amen. When we come to church and we see the time is two o'clock, we got to go. We need to leave. We've been here too long. The preaching has been going on for too long. You see, our knowledge of the concept of time is now bringing us a situation to remove us from the presence of God. And we cannot wait, just our knowledge of time, our knowledge of the concept of time, we cannot wait to leave his presence. Because we know that two hours have, have passed already. It's been three hours since I have been in the presence of God. It has been too much and I need to leave. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so instead of time bringing us a blessing to say, wow, I have been with my maker, I have been with my creator for three good hours and to feel good about it, now you are conscious of time is removing you from the presence of the maker. You are counting. How long is he going to preach? How long is he going to repeat this message? How long is he going to stay on this second point? He says seven points and he's just on number two. How long are we going to be here? Time is going. Amen. Many people have allowed time, the, 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 the knowledge of time to bring us a curse. Hallelujah. And for that reason, many people do not like even our type of church. Our type of church, they say, oh, you invited, I have invited a lot of people from my jobs. One of the people, the things they ask me, how long, how long is the service? That's the first question they ask me. How long should I stay in the presence of God? In other words, that is the question you are asking. How long would you be keeping me in the presence of God? And so they would rather, I will go to my Roman Catholic. 30 minutes, we are done. Some people don't like our service because they want a service that is early morning. They are done for the day. We are done with God and we can be on our own. Not this type of church that you are in church all day on Sunday. In the presence of God. All day. How long do you want to be in the presence of God? Leave us, let us go out of the presence for a while. Hallelujah. So sometimes we announce even, we are having a three-day convention. Three-day convention, and immediately you choose, I'll be at day one. And maybe at the end of day three. Right away, we announce a three-day convention, and then you choose your time. How long you are going to be in the presence of the Lord. In other words, you are telling God, I will be in your presence day one. Come and bless me on day one. And maybe, maybe, if I am able, I will come again the last day at the end when they are praying for people. And then, so bring the blessing at that time, Lord. But look at the scripture in Hosea. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. You remember, I don't preach anything outside of the scriptures. Hallelujah. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1. Are you at Hosea chapter 6? So he said, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know 
if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Hallelujah. Do you see? It says, after two days, if you read the New Living Translation, give me the New Living Translation. Let me show you something. Verse 2. It says, in just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in peace in his presence. Give me the NS. Do you have the uh, New American Standard? The New American Standard. If you don't have it, I will read it for you. Wonderful. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. Look at that. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. He will raise us up the third day. So he will revive us after two days. Do you see the concept of three-day convention? He will revive us after two days. He will, there will be message, there will be preaching to revive you. There will be preaching to bring you up. And then on the third day, he says, he will raise us up. So you see, if you choose, if you choose to come one day, this is, you are making your own time. They have declared a three-day convention, but you choose to be at the first day, you have been revived halfway. Do you see? And then you are coming at the end. When he's done raising the people up from the beginning, people who came for the revival. Do you understand? So we don't create three-day convention to fit everyone's schedule so that, oh, you can miss one day and come. At least everyone will be able to attend. That is not the reason. Three days enough for everyone to attend part of it. Hallelujah. Times are very important to God. He did not create the time to take us from blessing. That it is too long. It is too long for us to pray. It is too long to stay in prayers. God did not create time to take us away from him. Hallelujah. So, in the Bible, you find a concept of Jesus had an all-night prayer meeting. He was in prayer all night. There was a concept of, he says, he, he says, a great while before day, he was in prayer. He was praying a great while before day. Why did Jesus have to be, why did he rise up on the third day? I don't know. Why third day? Why not the fourth day? Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Time is very important to God and it's not supposed to take you away from him. It's not supposed to bring you a curse. It's supposed to bring you a blessing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Wonderful. The third one, every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. Every natural time, every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 11. Every natural time 
has a corresponding spiritual time. You are seeing a natural time, but there is a corresponding spiritual time, and that the Christian must know. A spiritual person must know the corresponding spiritual time to every natural time. Second Samuel chapter 11, and let's read from verse 1. It says, and it came to pass after the year was expired. After the year was expired. At a time when kings go forth to battle. What, 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 can we read from the New American? That's my new gig now. As I am, as I'm getting younger. (laughs) Hallelujah. It says, and it happened in the spring. Do you see? It's easy to understand that now, right? And it happened in the spring at a time when kings go out to battle. Hallelujah. And it happened in the spring at a time when kings go out to battle. Do you see? So, to the natural mind, or to the natural mind, it's spring. Do you see? It is spring. And to you, what you are seeing is that the flowers are booming. The leaves are coming and things are beginning to look beautiful. Do you understand? So you see that the trees now are budding. You see flowers. And to you, you are admiring the season. It's springtime. Do you see? It's springtime. And it's okay. It's springtime anyway. But there is a spiritual corresponding time to that springtime. The spiritual correspondence, it says, when kings go out to battle, it was a time for kings to go out to battle. It was a period that the man of God was supposed to go out to battle. It was a period that the Christian soldier was supposed to go out to battle. It says, then it happened in the spring at a time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him. Do you see? He said, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So you see, it is Sunday all right. It is Sunday to a lot of people. And so to the natural man, it is a day that the Wall Street is closed. It is a day that the Dow Jones is closed. It is a day that the banks are all closed. Do you see? But as far as God is concerned, it is a time for worship. It may look like a day that everyone is not going to work and they are resting and they are watching TV. But for the spiritual man, for the spiritual person, it is a time for worship. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And a Christian ought to understand that. The natural time is 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Good for making your oatmeal and getting the New York Times and eating and reading. But for the spiritual person, it is time for your quiet time. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
So it looks so nice that, yes, 7 a.m., you turn on the news, and then you have your oatmeal, and then you are sitting at the breakfast area, and you are having your oatmeal, and you are watching, the, you are catching the news. Or you have the New York Times, and you are going through it as you are having your oatmeal. But for the spiritual mind, it is time for a quiet time with the Lord. Hallelujah. It is time for a quiet time with the Lord. Yes, it is a period that you are sitting on the train to go to work. Everyone is sitting on the train and it's a period of commute. It's a commute time. But for the spiritual man, it is a time for prayer or a time for witnessing. And God expects that you know the times. Hallelujah. Yes, to everyone in a company, it is lunch time. It is lunch time. And everyone stop work. You stop work and then you go out and have your lunch. But for the spiritual mind, it is time to catch up with your quiet time that you miss in the morning. Hallelujah. It is that for you who is a spiritual person. So he says, at a time when kings go out to battle, David stayed at Jerusalem. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. You see, ordinarily, you have seen, and then you see a beautiful woman, and then he just sent and inquired about the woman. Hallelujah. Is this not Bathsheba? One said, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messengers and took her. When she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from uncleanness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived and she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. Hallelujah. Look at that. You see, the fact that it was springtime did not get anyone in trouble. It was springtime. No one got into trouble. But the fact that the spiritual correspondence, it was a time for kings to go to battle and someone did not go, brought trouble and disaster into somebody's life. Hallelujah. It brought trouble and disaster into somebody's life. Permanent disaster. That could have left that could have led him to losing his throne, just not recognizing the time, timing, and times. Hallelujah. So the most important thing for the Christian is not so much the natural time, but the corresponding spiritual time that you, God expects you to do something. That is the most important thing to you as far as time is concerned. To the natural man, it is... A four-week vacation as you went for the interview and you sign. They say, we are hiring you. We are giving you this position. To the natural man, it's a four-week vacation. And then you are nodding your head. 
And then they said, 10 days of holidays, 10 holidays, 10 sick days, all of that for you. And then, wow. And then you agree and you are liking it. And then you see, you are looking at four week vacation, 10 days, sick days, 10 days of holidays, and so on and so forth. But God is looking at the spiritual aspect of it. And before God, as you are sitting there, he is pleading for favor for you. And God is seeing a week of camp meeting. And God is seeing a week of homecoming. God is seeing that you need a holiday for the retreat. God is seeing that you have to make, have to make way for you so you'll be able to attend this prayer meeting. And you have to be able to, and God is pleading, but you are sitting there and you are seeing vacation days. And you are seeing holidays. And you are seeing sick days. And you are seeing sick times. And you are thinking of your travel on vacation. But you are not including God in it at all. Hallelujah. And so when the time comes, oh, we are going for a camp meeting. We are going to be with the Lord for four days. I have no time. You see, I have no time. Hallelujah. God is seeing a meeting with him, but you are seeing a vacation in Paris. God is seeing a homecoming, but you are seeing a Kwawu Association meeting. Hallelujah. And we need to always have that time to spend with him. You see, your life is like a, it's like a, a, a cell phone. You see, your life is like a cell phone. And you realize that you use a cell phone and it's able to text, it's able to receive emails, it's, you are able to serve the internet, you are able to take photographs, you are able to look at your photographs, but it comes a time, it comes a time that your phone behaves as if it's not functioning. There comes a time that even when you are trying to take a photograph, it says that low battery and you cannot use it. Do you see? And you need to set that phone aside, aside of all the things that it can do and plug it into a source and recharge that phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. That phone that looks as if it is dead. You see sometimes it is red and you say, I can receive this last call. I can make this last text. And just as you're making it, it just goes dead. And then you plug that phone into a power source. Oh. And give it time. Just leave it. Tarry. Let the phone tarry at the power source. And then you see something just blips up. And there's a yellow bar that comes out. And then it says 3%. And then you leave it to tarry. You are not in a hurry. You are leaving it to tarry at the power source. And then it comes and it says 7%. And it says 10%. And then you are tarrying and you are tarrying. And then you leave it. And then it goes and it says 50%. And you see green. And then you leave it. You continue to tarry at the power source. And then it goes 100%. And that same phone that was once dead, now you have that phone to make all the phone calls you need to receive all the emails, to receive all the text messages, and to serve the internet all you want. Just because you allowed it to tarry. But sometimes, you don't have the time. You don't have the time to leave it to tarry. So, it is just 3%, and then you don't have the time. 
you look at the time and I got to go. And then you plug, unplug it and then you run with it and you realize it does not function. It needs to stay there and tarry to receive the power source. Hallelujah. You see, one day, a man's life like that was running out. His name is King Hezekiah. His life was running out. The battery was running out like that. And it was running out and was running out. And he was like, you see, you see your cell phone and you see that it is going down. But some of us, we are sitting here. You see, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 3, it says that in the days of Samuel, the word of the Lord was very rare. The word of the Lord was rare. But King Hezekiah was privileged and he was, he was lucky enough that the word of the Lord was come on in that day. And so the, the, the prophet came to him. Prophet Isaiah came to him and warned him. Let us read that scripture. I believe it's in First Kings chapter 20 or Second Kings chapter 20. Second Kings chapter 20 and verse 1. Second Kings chapter 20. Yes, no, give me the version. In, there's a scripture in Second Kings chapter 20. Hallelujah. Second Kings. Second Kings. Second Kings. Amen. It says, there's the same scripture, just in case you don't, there's a corresponding scripture in Isaiah, and it's the same scripture in Second Kings. So it says, in those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him. You see, his battery was running down, just like your cell phone. The battery was going down. It's going down, and it says, 7%, and then it was yellow, and then you couldn't even see the percentage. But he didn't know. You see, and most of us, we are here, and we don't know. We don't know how our battery is running down. Our life battery is running down, and we don't know. So he says, in those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. It's not a good news to receive from a prophet. Then he turned his face. Look at that. He says, I got to go to the power source. My battery is running out. I am not going anywhere. I got to tarry at the power source. So he connected to the power source. The Bible says, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Ezekiah was wept bitterly. He says, Ezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the battery started showing yellow and was coming 7% as he tarried at the power source and was 9%. So Isaiah, he had finished his prophecy and he was going, but the battery was starting to recharge because the man has turned to the power source. Hallelujah. The man whose battery was almost done, running down, has turned to the power source. And he says, before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, 
Return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of your father David, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you on the third day, on the third day, on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Not run home. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Not run home. He says, on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will, I will, on the third day, on the third day, after you have tarried that long. He says, on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Continue charging. You are at 8%. You are at 7%. But on the third day, I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Just because the man understood the concept of time. Hallelujah. Beloved, God gave us time to bless us. Not to bring us a curse. And as the man tarried, his body began to recharge. His battery began to recharge and was going up. As he tarried, it was going up. As he tarried, on the third day, someone who was almost dead, dead battery, red, no power, 15 more years added to his life. Hallelujah. 15 more years. Amen. He was recharged. With 15 more years. Hallelujah. I think our time is up. I cannot give you more since your concept of time is making me end this message at this time. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So we will bring our service to a close here and we will continue the next time that we meet when you are ready to bring your time and let the Lord bless you. Stand onto your feet and let us bring the service to a close. What is number one? The, that every Christian time was created by God. Time was created by God. Number two. Amen. Time was meant to be a blessing and not a curse. And number three. Every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. Wonderful. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray. Ask the Lord to help you to understand the concept of time. To be spiritual about your time. To know the time, times, and timing. To understand the concept. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Father, you created time. It is to bring us blessings, not curse. Help us, oh God. Help us to understand. The concept of time. For when the time came that kings were supposed to go to war, someone chose to stay home. Father, may we not stay home when it was time for us to go to war. May we not exclude ourselves when you are calling your saints together. Oh, yes. Help us, Lord. 
Help us, Father, to know the times and the seasons. You say, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, it shall not cease. Cold and heat shall not cease. Winter and summer shall not cease. Day and night shall not cease. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. And Lord, you are not prepared to change it because of our situation. Therefore, help us to conform to your times and your seasons. Help us to know when to sow and when to reap. Help us, oh God, not to misunderstand the times and the seasons. Help us, Jesus. Help us, oh Lord. Help us. Oh, yes. Help us, oh God. Let not the time passes by, oh God. Let not the time passes by. For when kings ought to go to war, let us not stay home. When kings are supposed to go to war, Father, let us rise up and let us go. Let us go. Let us go. It is time for evangelism. Let us go. Let us go. It is time for witnessing. Let us go. It is time for you to be a teacher. Oh, yes. Let us go. Let us go. For you are so particular with time. He said, for when for the time? For when for the time? One ought to be a teacher. We have need, oh Lord, that we be taught again. Oh yes, Lord. Help us. Help us to rise up. Help us to rise up. Help us, oh God, to rise up to our call. Oh, to our request. To what you require of us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful this evening, Lord, for this revelation. We thank you, Lord, for what you have shared with us tonight. Help us, Lord, to know and understand the concept of time. Help us, Lord, to respond when you call us. Help us, Lord, to do what you expect of us in a given time. Help us, God, to understand the seasons, the seasons and the times. Help us, Lord, to understand the seed time and the harvest time. Help us, God, to understand the cold and the heat season. Help us to understand, oh God, the day and the night. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful. 
Father, when you call us, may we respond in due season. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let it rain. If there's anyone here this evening, oh, what a great day to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are here this evening. You are not born again. You don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are here tonight and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is you, you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, there is still room at the cross specially for you. My brother, my sister, if it was only you standing on the earth, Jesus would have died for you. If you are here tonight, you say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life. Lift up your hand wherever you are. Lift up your right hand if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I'll pray with you wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. A very spiritual moment. Lift up your hand. There's a time and the seasons. Oh, you may not have this time again. It is time. It is time. Tonight is your time to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If that is you, you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here tonight like that? Anyone here? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone here tonight? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? You say, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to make sure that when I die, I am going to heaven. If you are the one, lift up your right hand. And I'll pray with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? Well, if you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take one bold step and come forward. Come to me right now. Come to me. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Come to me. Oh, God, Jesus. Give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I feel very far away from you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe you rose up again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from every sin. Lord Jesus, tonight, I want you to write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, make me one of your favorite children. Come and live in my heart. Take on life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Say, Satan. Satan. 
I, 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 I want to say this to you. It is a declaration. Jesus Christ is my savior. He's my master. He's my Lord. I will serve him from today until I die. Therefore, hear me. You are no longer my master. You have no rule in my life. Jesus Christ is my master. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your child that has come to you again. Oh, Lord Jesus, your children stand before you tonight. And Father, your word declares that the heavens rejoice because your children who were once lost, they have come back to you. Oh, what a good God. And you welcome them. You say your arms have been always open and you welcome them. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming them. You say the heavens rejoice because they come to you tonight. Oh, Lord Jesus, build a fence around them. Let the fence be a hedge like that of Job. Let it be visible in the eyes of the enemy. And I pray, oh Jesus, let the enemy not have a hand in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that you command angelic forces and heavenly beings to be on guard around these ones. Preserve them, keep them, in they are going out and they are coming in. Strengthen them to know the seasons and the times to serve you all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you. What's your name? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.